Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word. This is the Desert Spring Church podcast. We are um, in the middle of our summer stories series. Uh, So we've gone a little off script for the summer. Uh, Normally we would follow along with Pastor David's devotional, but um, we're just taking some time to get to know some of our people. Um, So I'm very, very pleased to have uh, an old friend with me here, someone I've known for quite some time before my time at Desert Spring. Um, we have Melanie Jackson. So Melanie, um, introduce yourself and just uh, tell us how it is you came to be at Desert Spring. Hi, I'm Melanie Jackson and I started at Desert Spring thanks to your interview with Dan Morley, I figured out, was probably around 1997. Um, they were meeting across the street in the Palo Verde High School Theater, and Dan was the pastor. Um, we came over from Trinity. So it's been a long time, although it doesn't seem like it, but gone through a lot here, building buildings and redoing things. And uh, so, yeah, it's been awesome, but it's been a long time. So in your time that you've been here, what are some of the ministries that you have been involved in? Oh, my well, right now, I got under the trustees, and we were working on the the um, kitchen here. Um, I've been in UMCOR. I've been in Potosi. You just brought up my favorite place. So let's, let's start <laughs> talking um, about Potosi Pines Camp. So for our listeners who are not here from Las Vegas, or even ones that might be here and not know this, we do have a conference camp. Um, about 40 minutes here from Desert Spring Church, Potosi Pines. Uh, and Mel is, uh, God bless Mel. She's one of our regular nurses. I think you're doing all of the, you did all of the elementary camps this summer. Um, and such a blessing. So tell us how it is that you became to be a part of, um, the ministry there at Potosi Pines. I can't distinctly remember, but I know it had to be through Jack and Julie Doyle. Um, years and years ago, and I couldn't even tell you how many, um, but I know it had to be through Jack and Julie um, taking me up there, and, and you know, I saw what was going on. My girls went up there to camp when they were young. Then I had the nursing, and it worked out. It worked out really well, so now I'm a retired nurse except for camp. I yeah. still do camp. We are so grateful for that. And, and so tell us, what, what is a week at camp like for you? Oh, it's always exciting because you never know. You <laughs> never know what your week is going to be like. There have been pretty calm and peaceful nursing weeks, and there have been very, very busy um, nursing weeks. Some of them involve middle-of-the-night happenings <laughs> happenings <laughs> happenings let's put it that way so you never know what you're getting into yeah you just I w- never know I will say it's so nice being a camp dean to have someone there that takes care of the medications and takes care of those and so we know that the kids are all being loved and cared for and the staff too you take care of us too Aww. so yeah well I enjoy it and and it's really really important to have the deans and the adults um, to communicate with, share information with. Um, when things start to go a little wacky, we can um, share back and forth, you know, what, what's important for everybody to know. So, yeah, that all oh, couldn't do it without, without the deans and the 
and the counselors and all that input back and forth. And we'll be at camp next week. Yes, Last we Last camp of the summer. Yes, we will. <laughs> That's wonderful. And and you have been such a blessing to the camp for so so many years. Um, a lot of the a lot of the great people that we know that we mm-hmm. both know come you know are part of the our Potosi community. Yes, family. Mm-hmm. It's camp family. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, when you work up there together as a team like that, it just becomes family. Yeah. And so you, like me, have been doing it long enough that you've watched campers become counselors, yes. become deans, become, you know. Yes, so, yeah. feel older every year. I know. <laughs> it's true. Um, so I know that that's a ministry that you you're, you're, have been committed to for a long time. But tell us a little bit about UMCOR. Oh, I love UMCOR. how you got involved. In- um, I'm sure I got involved through Tom Maddock, who was very involved in UMCOR. And I kind of grew up, my dad taught me a lot about DIY. And when I was young, he and my uncle had a, bought some apartment buildings. And so we got to learn how to paint and scrape and do everything. And so I've just always enjoyed that. I do that. I've done that at my old house um, to the chagrin of my daughters at times because projects took me a long time doing them while I was working and all that. So um, I've always enjoyed that. It's kind of a, to me, it's a creativity to have a vision of what you're trying to do and then be able to do it. And um, I know that creativity can be in other people, paint or music or whatever, and I love music. But um yeah, I, I found that that's kind of a, a fun way to be creative with me. So I've done that a long time, and um, I love that. And then the idea of, you know, helping when there's a need. And there's UMCOR steps in when there's huge needs. And to be able to be a part of that, um, my feeling 100% is that that's my way of being the hands and feet of, of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, literally to mm-hmm. me is that that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. So that's my literal way of, of being the hands and feet and getting out there and using them. And, uh, and to also learn to appreciate what I have, to be able to listen to the stories of survivors is amazing. Um, they have amazing stories, bless their hearts. And so to be able to to share that, to listen, to let them um, kind of talk their way through some of the, you know, some of the stuff they're going through is um, really important. It's, it's much more than just, you know, getting out the tools. So right. And you're and you're there alongside the people that you're serving, which yes. is is sometimes not always the experience that we have when we're doing services so you really get to know them they are there with us and we are going um with their direction in a lot of things Mm -hmm. what 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 is it we can do what do you want us not to do what do Mm -hmm. we not touch um here is what we're trying to do to make your place safe for you Mm -hmm. to to live in and um but it's all a lot of direction we have um, directions of what they want, even if they want to keep things that just aren't in great shape, 
but they're not ready to get rid of, mm-hmm. that goes in a white bag. The trash goes in a black bag. So it, it really gets divided, and a lot of it mm. is their direction. And then to explain to them why we're doing things that we're doing um, is really helpful. We had one lady the last trip that was just Miss Sylvia, and uh, they had had trouble with her. Other teams had had trouble with her. Um, feeling like she was a hoarder. And when we got Mm -hmm. into her house, she had a ton of stuff. But for us to take the time to go through everything and see what was important to her, why she was keeping these things, Mm -hmm. um, and allowing her to understand why we had concerns about certain things. Mm -hmm. But she had great stories of why she was keeping things. She had just tons of music because she had played the piano at church and collected all this music. So all that was saved. Why she had all these um, decorations for holidays and why she wanted to keep them. She said, I know it's a lot. I know it's much, but that's my way of trying to make my friends happy Mm. for the holidays. So it's like, great, let's box this up and Mm-hmm. and do that for you. And so we really got a good understanding with her of, you know, what was behind what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to let go of things. We've had a great, her only wedding picture, her only picture of her wedding, we were able to save. And that was really important for her. So so for people to be listening at home to know, you come in after there's been a natural disaster. So fires yes, and floods. Yes, fires, and... floods, often floods, hurricanes, mm-hmm. lots of hurricanes. Yeah. Um, Texas, Louisiana. Um, I went. I was so lucky to go to Saipan and work with FEMA. Uh, UMCOR worked with FEMA after their typhoon Yutu out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we get called out. But it's not until we've been called. They need to have they need to have um, places for us to stay. Usually, it's a church somewhere with cots and all that kind of thing. But we we don't want to get in the way of anything. Mm-hmm. Our our goal is to stay out of the way, but to go in and help. So, with the the recent flooding here in Virginia, we won't go in until we're until we're asked. Mm-hmm. You know, and they need to have logistics set up. And and when you're trying to do something after disaster, sometimes you're just getting in the way. Yeah, and right. if you don't have logistics set up, then you're not helpful. And it's so. nice that they're so organized. So when you go, oh, it's it's so well organized. Incredible. And you just show up and not just show up and work. I mean, that's a big yes. deal. But you know that you, what you need to worry about is just getting yes. the job done. Yes. Yeah. But UMCOR is an amazing organization. I learned... Um, also, what what else they do? You know, they they help with the uh, rebuilds and all that kind of thing. I haven't gotten involved in that, but they're there from day one to years later. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. and they have a good relationship with other organizations to work with them. Good coordination, good communication. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really impressive. They do have a great reputation. And, and so basically you're going in and, and people's lives are kind of scattered and oh. right and parts of it destroyed and trying oh. to just pick the pieces out of, that can be salvaged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And trying to make things safe. Yeah. You know, with a lot of that, it's mold and things like that and, and tarping roofs, a mm-hmm. lot of tarping roofs. It 
doesn't do a whole lot of good when it's going to rain tomorrow if what you're doing inside is going to get wet again. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of roof tarping. And it's it's good, sturdy roof tarping that's going to last. Some of these houses may not see repairs for years. Wow. So, you know, we need to do something that's going to last Wow, quite a while. And how long have you been involved with Encore? Ten years, maybe. Okay. Maybe so not. before retirement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so for our listeners, you've been retired for how long? Oh, what's it been <laughs> about? Six or so, the best part of my life. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk, we're kind of going backwards, right? But I, I would love to talk about, because you just did the coolest thing in your retirement. Like, you did, like, the dream. Like, you got the oh, yeah. sprinter van. Yes. You, like, geared up and just uh, decided to go on adventures. I I did. I just, I'm living the dream. Um, I went through a really hard time. My husband passed away from Parkinson's and that was really slow and ugly and awful. And, um, and work was tough. And then I got hit with a truck on my bike and broke my ankle. And it was just like everything just was rough. And, uh, then he passed away, and I retired, and it's like, okay, and now I'm my own boss. What time do I want to give up? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And before working camp, I'd have to take my vacation and, you know, get all that approved. Now it's like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, I'm the boss. You get to go on adventures. You I get to go too. serve. And yeah, you get when, to... they, when they call, um, core called, it's like, okay. Yeah, one of the last things I did was... Um, a few months ago, we went to Claremont College, uh, to um, School of Theology in Claremont, and renovated dorm rooms for asylum seekers into apartments for them to stay. And And it's like, okay, I can go. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Such, such, you are making such great use of the time that you have. And oh, I'm I still, I tell everybody, was it last month or not that long ago that we had a friend receiving an award? Oh, and yes. uh, I was driving, I pick, went to camp to pick up my friend from camp to say, oh, we're on our way to Phoenix for this, you know, to watch her get this award, a mutual friend. And Mel, it's like, oh, well, that sounds so great. I'm like, I have a seatbelt. Yeah. And just like that, you just jumped in the car and went. <laughs> I was like, wow. It was so, great. Yeah. Was yeah. Great. So that's, that's really nice that you're using, seems like you have a good balance in your retirement of fun and serving and oh i just love it yeah but you just got back from, from i just got vermont. back yesterday from vermont yeah. visiting um bob and brandy andrews actually their nice. place out there and spent a week with them and did a little uh a little work on their kitchen floor and then had a whole bunch of fun nice it's so pretty out there so nice. yeah it was nice. great that's wonderful so now that we we know that what's happening now, let's go back to to young Melanie when you were when you were a child. What was what was life like for you as a child? Hmm. Um, it got a little rugged. My parents divorced when I was uh, early teens, and it was in those days a lot tougher than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't pretty. There had to be a bad guy and a good guy in a year to make it final, and just things were were different in that time so it was rough but um i have a sister and and we made it through that and my dad was was very good about being there for us 100% of the time even though we couldn't live with him he was he was always there for us so 
yeah, that was Southern California. And um, then when I graduated from high school, anything with a beach had my name on it. Mm-hmm. I was, I loved the beach, missed the beach. Dad had a sailboat and I loved to sail. And um, so, yeah, anything with water was great. Wonderful. And so I don't know when you became a nurse. Was that an immediate uh, thing that you... Growing up by the beach, I got a job at Catalina Island, which got me a job with Catalina Airlines seaplanes, which got me a job with PSA Airlines uh, at LAX. And in 78, they deregulated the airlines, started flying out to Vegas. So we come out here, and I worked at... McCarran for 16 years it was McCarran and it was little and it was cute and it was fun (laughs) and it was nothing resembling today Uh nothing not even close yeah but it was so much fun and uh then U.S. Air bought them and U.S. Air wanted to send me east and I said this is east and (laughs) (laughs) east as I go east as I go (laughs) and uh and I went to nursing school and graduated from community college and 25 years of nursing. Wonderful, wonderful. All in Las Vegas. All in Las Vegas, 22 years at Sunrise. Wow, wow. What kind of nursing did you do? I worked down in the, uh, most of it was down in surgery department, getting people ready for OR, Mm -hmm. procedures of any kind. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know you keep in touch with your airline people. I do know I that do. you have reunions have, that you yes, stay in touch. Yes, I have a very, very best friend from way back in the day. And, uh, yeah, we, I say we, we were like camp, you know. It was a family. Mm-hmm. We were all single when we all started. And then we got married and we had families and all kind of grew up together. So it was family. Yeah, and do you keep in touch with your your uh, nursing friends? Some of them I do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of them I do. Yeah. Everything's changed so much. If I go back, I don't know anything there. I don't even know where they're located. They've moved and redone everything there. But yeah, so you have little pockets of families that uh-huh. you've collected along the yeah, way. Yeah, but mostly church. Mm-hmm. Mostly church or my family. Great church family. Tell us about you as a mom, Mel, as a mom. Oh, well, my girls were born and raised here, and uh, they came out okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, know, they did. Of, in spite of all the things you hear about Las Vegas and what people anticipate it's like here, mm-hmm. um, it's no, they went through public schools and they did well. They both went up to UNR in Reno and. Um, got business degree and eventually one got into um, EMT and worked for years on ambulance and then is now a nurse but yeah they um, they stayed here in town mm-hmm. so I'm I've been so blessed that mm-hmm. my family's all here yeah like you I raised my kids in Las Vegas and yeah. people you know I grew up in Utah like how did you do that like well yeah. we, we do have like schools and parks <laughs> no, and we even neighborhoods have, we even have churches can you imagine yeah we even have churches <laughs> yeah yeah we even have churches so and and you're also a grandma yes I am a grandma <laughs> I got one grandbaby she's nine and uh love her to death so what are the things you like to do together with Brooklyn oh gosh she loves to swim and we find all kinds of things to do in the backyard when she comes over 
and uh, she's smart as a whip. And I got these uh, stem boxes mm -hmm. that would come every month and so we do our stem project so when she comes oh. over it's okay let's you pick a box which box and and uh, so we get to build things and create things and cool and uh, yeah have a ball with that and do camp together and do camp together yes yeah. she will be at camp next week yeah. and she loves camp she loves rocky the cat <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome yeah, that's yeah awesome. she loves it so Mel, one of the things I was thinking about with you that I, I love is because you do, do, you had, you have a lot of eclectic, you know, you've got friends of different collections of different things that oh. you've done and you bring people from different parts of your life together at dinner parties. Oh, I, I did a trip to, um, LA. We went to uh, Dodger stadium to concert, some of the old bands, the Eagles and, uh, earth, wind and fire, all these things. And, uh, and I got some people from the hospital. I've got some airline friends and some, let's see, it was somebody from, I walked the Camino de Santiago in the Portuguese route. And it was one of the girls from the Camino group. And we just had a ball. It was so much fun. But um, the, the dinners have been so important. When we used to do the dinners for six or eight, mm -hmm. and I got a chance to hear stories of people that I didn't know at all. Mm -hmm. But that's one of my things that's the favorite thing in my life now is hearing stories. Mine too. And there is not a person that I've ever met that didn't have a great story. Amen. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you can learn so much. By the time we've lived as long as we've lived, mm -hmm. everyone has stories. Yeah. And I just love the opportunity to sit down you know, you know, a small group enough where you can share those mm -hmm. and learn things about people. Yeah. And everyone has a great story. Yeah. So I enjoy those dinners so much. And you and I are part of a Emmaus group that yes. um, we've been on. It's called the Walk to Emmaus. It's a uh, it's hard to hard to explain what that weekend is, <laughs> but part of that um, after that really great spiritual. Uh, part of our journey um we come together every other week and and we kind of check in and it's a good it's such an amazing group of women that we've started to learn their stories too yes. and so i i enjoy that but that's um just the cliff notes version is we share about the time that we you know closest to christ moment since we last met our discipleship denied where we kind of <laughs> kind of blew it <laughs> yes. and um and then our call, like what are called a discipleship. And I think it's so great because it's such a, a, just every woman in that group is very different and unique, but um, it's nice that we come and share and hear, hear each other's stories and how we all struggle. And we have a lot more in common than, you yeah. know. And the accountability aspect of it, I think has been so important for me that you know, I can put something in my head of, oh, I'm going to do that. But once you voice it out loud mm -hmm. to other people, yeah. now you're accountable for it. Yeah. And I think that's been really important. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And it was nice that during COVID we could, you know, continue yes. thanks to Zoom. I, you know, we were able to continue again with that. And so that group has been a big influence for me and my spiritual life. Yes. Um, but I'm curious as who, who have been the influencers in your life? And it could be, you know, spiritually, it could be, um, you know, in, in 
different areas of your life, who are the people that are influencing you now and who really have along the way had the major influence on you? Uh, the number one was my dad. Okay. Um, we came from a Methodist background and he was a teacher when I was born and then he went into the ministry through Redlands and he did that I don't know how many years but then after that he went into therapy he was a counselor and a therapist but he was always there for me a hundred percent for whatever I was going through whatever I needed I'll never forget the I got myself into some kind of a pickle. Who would imagine? And um, and his response was, what can I do to help? No yeah. judgment, no nothing. It was just like, what can I do to help? And so he was always there. And he's the one that I've just admired so much. I followed. He was an adventurer. He loved to do things. He had motorcycles and, and a boat that he lived on probably because once he bought the boat he couldn't afford anything else <laughs> but um you know loved to go hiking and camping and um he knew interesting people through his counseling and i said he was always curious mm. and he read and read and read so every every christmas it wasn't what are you going to get him it's what book are you going to get him mm -hmm. because that was before google and uh, mm -hmm. he didn't Google everything. He just mm -hmm. read. And mm -hmm. he knew a little bit about almost everything. He mm -hmm. would have some some idea of, of something. So he was probably my number one influencer. And um, then people here, um, Phyllis Murray is mm. always. She's on everybody's list. <laughs> yeah. I've, <laughs> right. You know, I've known Phyllis for a long time and and. The last several years, we've gotten closer, and and uh, she has been so good. Um, you're you're one. Brandy Andrews is um, someone. People that I can look at and you know go, wow, wow, okay. Just I don't know. There have been so many people at at points in your life when you're that will just come out. I I said I have so many angels. So many angels mm -hmm. um, that I, they just appear. When you need something, they appear. And uh, and I said, sometimes I feel like I keep my angels pretty busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I go on on a limb here and there and, and do things. And, and I could get, you know, like you said, I, I love to travel. I love to get in that little camper. And, mm -hmm. and I did a five-week trip through Oregon, Washington, up through Canada, and uh, back down through Yellowstone and all that. And uh, I just went by myself. And, <laughs> so cool. uh, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it. But it seems like there are so many times when things could go really, really wrong, and they go really, really right. They yeah. just go really right. And I just always feel like there's there's times when there's angels that are just always mm -hmm. there. So I'm so, so blessed. Share about your kayaking. You were you were talking about a time when you were kayaking. Oh, um, up in Canada. Was it Canada? Oh, oh, I took that kayak and I kayaked. Oh, I kayaked one of the first places. Um, I had, someone had 
I guess I'd put it out there on Facebook that I was taking this trip. Did anyone have suggestions? Someone suggested a kayak trail in right. Upper Klamath Lake. Yeah. And I did not know what a kayak trail was. Um, I guess it was also a canoe trail. So um, on my way up, that was a place I went to, and it's very interesting. You start off in the campground, and there are little wooden signs every once in a while that say trail. And I was in reeds and everything I couldn't see over, so I had no clue where I was, but I just kept paddling and paddling. (laughs) It was about a seven-mile, I think, um, trail, but I couldn't see where I was going. And one time I got like, where's the sign? And I'm, I don't know where I am. And you can't get out and stand up and look. Um, <laughs> and so I just had to paddle back and find the trail again. But it was really, really interesting. It was beautiful, um, tons of birds and everything else. But yeah, it was really an interesting experience. And that was one of those where it could have gone really wrong. That's like, what made me think. They <laughs> wouldn't have found me for weeks. <laughs> weeks. Did anyone I, know that you were I, there even? No. No, no, of course not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There were the first people I saw just a little ways up were fishing. There was a couple guys fishing, asked me if I'd seen the bear. But I said, no, I haven't seen the bear. <laughs> but they were probably the last ones I saw. But I say it, it just, you know, I had angels. And and because of that, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic trip. Wow. You know, wow. like, who gets to do that? So Wow. Yeah. You know, I just see so many places where I, I, I'm curious when you look back and see God, there's a moment that you can see God was, you know, in that place and getting you through that. But where along the way have you been able to look back and say, well, this is not what I expected was going to happen or where my life would go or... Oh. But, but God, um, where God was in that, where are some times that you can look back? Um, yeah, there's, I think if I was going to share anything to a younger self, it would be don't think you know where it's going to go. Because as much mm-hmm. as you plan and worry and try and prepare for everything, because I'm pretty decent worrier. Um, I got Mm -hmm. that from my mom. And just to be able to say, when um, I know when I was skiing, the one term when we were doing the moguls, the bumps, and it's to like, keep your knees bent, because you don't know what's coming. And that's kind of life, keep your knees bent, because you don't know what's ahead of you. But if I could look back and say that now, it's like, go with it go with it. Um, You don't know where those forks in the road are going to be. But once you're in that, and you know, you've, you've committed yourself, once you've started, and you're going down that road, don't look back so much, because I, I tend to do that a lot, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, and it's like, why waste your time Mm -hmm. saying all that? Um, Mm -hmm. If I could do it again, I would relax more and say, just go with it. You don't know. You don't know what's ahead. Um, you know, one of those where we make plans and God laughs, and mm-hmm. I go, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Keep your knees bent. I re- yeah. I really like that. Just be prepared for what's. Yeah, you don't you don't know what bumps are coming. 
you don't know where you're headed, so keep your knees bent and you can get through them. So, so what is it that uh, excites you the most right now? Oh, the uh, travel. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to, to doing that some more. Um, I do have Alaska on my bucket list, mm-hmm. and COVID slowed that down. But yeah, but I do I do have that on my bucket list, and also maybe a trip to Norway, Sweden, somewhere. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, someplace I've always wanted to go. My uncle. And I almost went when he was 92. He, oh, wow. He, my aunt was Swedish, and uh, we were talking. He was sharing about Sweden, and at one point he says, I think I got one good trip left in me. Mm-hmm. And um, he his passport expired, so we didn't get to go. Oh, but wow. it's someplace I've always wanted to go. There's a lot of places. Um, I loved Portugal when I was there. Loved it. Loved the people. Loved the lifestyle. Loved everything about it. And would like to go back as a tourist and be able to see more. When I was there, I was walking the Camino. And so when I got in the afternoon to where we were staying, I was done. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a lot more walking left in me. Yeah. So I didn't get to do a lot of the tourist things, but it was pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So what are your prayers these days with, with the things that um, that that are they're heavy on your hearts that, that you just have to just give to God oh probably family mm-hmm. you know worrying you worry about your kids mm-hmm. you worry about them being happy um, that kind of thing I I guess for the the whole human race right now mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a that's a big one that that I I wish I had more control of and uh, God and I fight about control sometimes. <laughs> like, Who wins? But, but every time, God wins every time. So I don't know why I even try. But yeah, I I have to. I know that. I know that, and I have faith in that. And I sometimes still have to keep telling myself that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much you can do, and then, but I want to do more. Mm-hmm. Well guess what? Mm -hmm. There's only so much you can do. But I guess something I always envision about life that was, that I keep coming back to, but it was really important to learn um, that I couldn't change the world, was the idea of your one candle. You've got one candle. Go light your world. Mm -hmm. And take it. Do it. Do what you can with it. And Hopefully you can share that light with some other lights. Hopefully you can light some lights that aren't lit now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Tricoli had that great song, you know, take your candle, go light your world. And so that helps me a lot, knowing that um, I might only have one candle, but I can use it mm-hmm. and I can do the best I can. And with you it. do. You do it everywhere you go. Well, you know? I, I think it's, say we all do. We all have that. We have our one candle, and mm-hmm. and I used to f- feel like, oh, you need to, you need to be able to, to get up in front of people and talk. You need to be able to look at what this person's doing, look at this mm-hmm. great thing they're doing, but it's like, oh, I can't do that. But then to finally, through Desert Spring ah. and Dave's sermons and a whole lot of them, what is your gift? Yeah, and it took me years and years and years of 
of hearing that mm-hmm. and finally deciding, okay, my gift is not the same as your gift and yeah. and your gift is not my gift. And mm-hmm. how long did I have to hear that? Body of Christ. Get yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which we exactly. talk a lot about at camp, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. I finally, thank you. I finally got the message. Yeah. That, yeah, we're all different parts mm-hmm. and uh, how important every single one is. And when I finally got that message, that was that was really important for me. Mm-hmm. And though you don't like to be in the limelight, your light shines bright. But oh. you, you, you know, you you're just the behind the scenes person. Yeah, I'm a worker bee. Yeah. I like to be a worker yeah. bee. Thank you yeah. very much. Yes, all the campers can thank Nurse Mel that their t-shirts end up, uh, <laughs> right? Their tie-dye shirts end up. Yeah, you just yeah. quietly. That's one thing I know about working with you at camp. Like, I, you'll just all of a sudden something's done, and it's like, oh, Nurse Mel was here. Like this just yeah, got done. Just so. Like, Tell me, mm-hmm. tell me what I can do, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved working in the kitchen with Joel and mm-hmm. uh, Bill Crenshaw, and they're amazing. And it was so much fun to learn from them some more and yeah. just be able to, okay, you know, what can I help and what can I hold? And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Getting I, ready for the big reveal of the kitchen soon, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to be a worker bee. That's wonderful. And I think that's knowing, I do know with COVID, that was a very hard time, um, oh. but that you went out and did, you yes, served. That's right. I forgot about that. That was really important to me. And I, and I, and I felt good about doing it was um, working with three square. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of COVID, I started getting really depressed. Yeah. And so I had worked with Three Square before in their warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then when they started doing the uh, sites to to do the trunk loading, like we do here, mm-hmm. uh, same, same exact thing. But when I found out I could do that, it was important. It got me outside. It got me physically doing something. It got me out with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to contribute. So... I did that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it several days a week. Met some great people. Found uh, someone at Three Square that I love to work for. He was awesome. He had a great sense of humor. It was very well organized. And uh, then I got Phyllis came out with me and my my other friend Amy. And so that got me through a lot. Mm-hmm. It really did. It was yeah. it was so helpful because. I needed to do, as I'm sure so many people, mm-hmm. that, you, was a, that was a struggling time. I did watch you help yourself by helping others, oh, you know, yeah. It helped me immensely. Yeah, 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 That and thank you for, for all that you did. Oh, well, I said I, I loved it, and it was another humbling experience to um, ask the first person in line, what t- time did you get here this morning? Oh, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And there they sat in their cars for mm-hmm. hours waiting for us and mm-hmm. miles long lines, yeah. miles long, Yeah, incredible lines. Mm-hmm. And people just, that's what they did. That's what they did. And we were able to help and that felt good. But yeah, to see the need was just in so many places that were open all over the city that mm-hmm. they had just yeah. Oh, the people that they served was really good. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. So I um, 
have been on a you know six word memoir we've written oh. i know because you had a chance to do homework this week too uh talking about um like your six word just um what's mel in your in your six words what's your story let's see. always remain curious live every moment ah uh, that's very mel always remain curious live every moment yeah, curiosity is so important, I, and I try and and tell my granddaughter Brooklyn about that too. That when she asks questions and everything, it's like that is so great. Be curious, mm-hmm. learn. Mm-hmm. You will learn so much. I don't care what it did to the cat; mm-hmm. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it does good yeah. things for yeah. us. It comes across in Brooklyn because I'm I'm remembering oh, during geez. COVID we did these little teach me in two like these two minute workshops and then people had a chance to ask questions and she had very thought what was your inspiration for that when she was like seven what i know she pops up with some doozy yeah but she is very curious and i I think that all of us is so important we learn so much by being curious yeah and about people being curious about people Uh uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's a big part yeah and then live every moment even though um it may be a really rough moment, really tough times in our lives. If you try and avoid those, they'll only come back later. And um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, if if you can go through it at the time, you can look back and then you'll see the lessons. Then you'll see, mm-hmm. you know, what you've learned, how your life has changed. Um, but I know I tend, I think we all tend to avoid the, the tough stuff mm-hmm. but you know we have to live that too and then of course the great moments of cherish those hang on to those um so yeah it's you know i think i tend to you know be someone like i said look back and go coulda woulda shoulda mm-hmm. and uh like that does you no good mm-hmm. it's look forward and uh and live live what you're living Mm-hmm. So I yeah. guess that would that would be my six. And you're doing it well. It's really joyful to watch, you know. Well, and I do appreciate the fact, you know, in the world that I I've lived so much, um, being a nurse, I realize how quickly things can change mm-hmm. in one moment. Yeah. One diagnosis. One anything. Um, something happens to a loved one it just takes one moment your body fails and it's guaranteed unless you know a train gets me first but it's Mm -hmm. pretty much this body is going to fail and i will not be able to do the things i do now and that's why i live the moment is i know life will change and in those moments when it changes Look back and appreciate what I what I was able to do, wow. and then do the best with what I can do in the future. But I know how quickly things can change, and I know that as much as I've talked to God about it, we are all going to go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I try yeah. to negotiate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've tried to find a way around it, mm-hmm. but um, that's not the way we were made. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to happen, and. So I I need to learn to deal with changes like that. Mm-hmm. Learn I had a really hard time um, asking for help and being dependent on anyone. And when mm-hmm. I couldn't drive with my ankle and 
and couldn't mm-hmm. do this and couldn't do that. And I'm used to taking care of people and I'm used to mm-hmm. doing everything myself. Mm-hmm. And I've worked very hard all my life to be able to mm-hmm. be independent and do that. Yeah. So to turn that around, I've seen how hard that is for people. Yeah. It's hard. It's humbling, to, right? It is super yeah. humbling. Uh-huh. And so my goal now is before that happens to learn to do that graciously. Mm. Learn to accept help graciously, I yeah. think is my lesson. And I, I've seen it come at me in a number of ways. Um, and so that's a lesson in my future to learn. Mm-hmm. is how to accept help mm-hmm. graciously. And Phyllis Murray will say, don't rob someone's joy in, yes. right? Phyllis by and not I giving have, them the opportunity. <laughs> we have had great discussions about that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly that. Mm-hmm. If, if you give, you're used to giving that, mm-hmm. you get joy from that for yeah. sure. And so what right do you have uh-huh. to take that away from, from someone else? Exactly. Yeah. So that's my lesson to learn is, you know, don't, allow them to to have their joy of giving to you yeah and yeah yeah that's an important she's had lesson. to give me that talk a few times <laughs> <laughs> yes i know i know she does it out and gets it out and does and gives it yeah yeah, yeah. i know it's it's so true when you look at us of course don't you give joy from from that yes so mm-hmm. why would you rob someone of that mm-hmm. so yes mm-hmm. lots of lessons to learn yeah in the future yeah mel you i was so excited when you said yes uh to being <laughs> and, and it wasn't the first time right you had to think about it but <laughs> i had to be on a five-hour car ride with you mm-hmm. yeah she got trapped in the car with me for five hours and next thing you knew she was uh uh, that's because you you said yes to that adventure yes, and I did. said yes to this. But just um, hearing your story again, I'm I'm with you. I'm really maybe this is just the phase you get in life. It's like, man, our stories really matter, and oh, you know, they do your story matters and it needs to be told. And well, so, thank you. And I said I enjoy enjoy so much hearing everyone's stories. So I hope in the future I get a lot of time to sit down and hear many many more stories. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've enjoyed this, and we've got a few more on this uh, summer stories series. But um, it's it's really nice to be able to have someone like you that's positive and uplifting, and a, and a great example for all of us. So, mm-hmm. well, I'll look forward to seeing you up on the mountain. Yes. We, it's, our theme is magic on the mountain. Some of, uh, of our other favorite desert spring people are going to be up at camp with us too. Um, so after that, we'll have lots more stories uh, to be able to share. So um, thank you for being uh, here today. I'm going to uh, close us in prayer, but first an invitation to um, anyone out there listening. Um, your story matters. Mel, in fact, Mel came and sat down and said, I don't really, you know, I'm not sure what I have to say, but yeah, you have a lot to say. So, you know, thank you. And if you're at home and you don't think you do, tell them why they should, Mel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because I want to hear your story. There you go. There you go. Uh, Gracious, loving God, thank you for Melanie and thank you for um, just her candle in our world and how she has been a light to so many of us and how how she represents us well um, in the places that she goes and the people that she serves um, and everywhere that she goes. Um, We thank you for... Um, the fact that she makes people's lives better and that um, people are able to know your love through her. 
Um, we thank you for her sharing her story. We know that she has many other stories, but her story is, is uh, a story of grace and a story of great faith. And so we thank you for um, the faithful servant that Melanie is. Just ask that you continue to bless her in her stories um, and those that she touches in, in the travels that she goes about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.